before we start tonight's episode, I just wanted to thank all of our listeners. We've been releasing episodes for about six months now, and the response has been really amazing, and Keith and I really appreciate it. We try really hard to create a good product with good content, and we really pride ourselves on our audio, and, and we try to really make sure that it is a professional sound that's easy on your ears and that you enjoy listening to. With that being said, we had a little technical difficulty in this current episode that you're about to listen to. My microphone had some problems, and I do apologize for that, and we will try and do better in the future, but it was really great content from a really great company, and I would not want to deprive anyone of that. So we decided to air it anyway, and uh, and we hope that you'll understand. If this is the first time you're listening, please don't judge us on this, because again, we do really pride ourselves on the product that we put out. Thank you again for all the people that are listening out there, and enjoy the show. Coming to you from the lab, where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's everybody doing? And welcome to The Gun Experiment. This week, Keith and I speak to Austin Algeyer from Mantis X, discuss the perfect range bag, and review the Browning Satori. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. So please be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with your friends, and of course, there'll be a link in the show notes for you to do that. And as always, I am sitting next to a man that is cooler than the other side of the pillow, my co-host, Big Keith. How's it going, Keith? Good, Mike. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like for being neighbors, we haven't uh, seen each other in a while. I guess we're both uh, a little busy. Yeah, it has has felt that way a little bit, but it's always good to kind of catch up on the show, and uh, it's like that one chance to catch up no matter what, right? That's true. That's true. Anything new? I know you're putting the supercharger in the Mustang, right? Yeah, the it's uh, it's on life support right now. It's pretty torn apart. Um, we got uh, got pretty far in the in the first uh, first day of uh, working on it, but. I did not realize how big of a bite I was taking on by that project, but yeah. uh, it's going to be cool when it's done. So hopefully, I didn't mess something up. Just be patient, uh, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. It's two months late, so I'm like anxious to continue working yeah. on it. But you know, I got to be patient to make sure it's right, exactly. like you said. But I, and then I'm, you know, you know me. I can't stay not busy, so I, I've got that project going on. And we've talked about it on the show a couple of times. I'm start. I bought uh, a shotgun reloader. I I uh, built a bench with a with a mutual friend of ours that helped me out, and that's all done and it looks awesome. So I'm I'm like I'm, I'm staying too busy. I think. Good man, that's good. So speaking of patience, I actually uh, have a little bit of a humble brag here. I'm I'm actually kind of uh, kind of kind of proud of myself. So the other day, uh, I started training uh, jujitsu again after all the craziness in the world, and um, I was uh, surprised that my coach uh, rewarded me and uh, promoted me this week. So I, after four years of some injuries and needing to take time off and a lot of lot of ass kickings, I would say, uh, I've moved up a notch in the world of jujitsu. So it, it felt kind of cool what happens do you uh is it like they measure it by how much you sweat on each other and if you sweat less you get to a higher level <laughs> yeah it's something like that it's uh it's a complicated <laughs> process I, I can't go into too much detail got it got it it's got shrouded it. in secrecy yeah but anyway man so I, I have good news for you also um i know you like those little pats in the back so we have a it's a longtime fan uh it goes by the name of jody flannery and he left us a comment and he said Great show, very informative. You need to push more episodes more often. I really like it and can't get enough of it. So I just want to give Jody a shout out because we really appreciate you've been listening a long time. I know that for a fact. And, uh, you know, we, we're trying to put out good content. So if it, it's not coming out as quick as you want, just be patient. We're just trying to make sure the show comes out just right. So. Thank you, Jody. With a name like Flannery, must be Irish. <laughs> it must be, right? So that goes for everybody else out there. If you like the content we're creating... I'd appreciate it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review as well as a comment. And that comment is like we just saw from Jody. That's the stuff we'll read on the show, and we do really appreciate that. Anyway, moving on. Our guest tonight represents a company that is bringing state-of-the-art analysis and computing technology to the firearm industry. They believe their products lead to rapid improvement in shooting through instant and accurate feedback. Please welcome 
Austin Allgaier from Mantis X. Austin, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, Great to pleasure. be here. I, uh, I reviewed your product. It might have actually been the first episode, now that I think about it. And I'm a very big fan of your product. And I have a little story. Maybe we'll, it'll, we'll talk about it later of, of how I kind of came about it and stuff. But um, I think it's an excellent product. And I, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. I want story time now. <laughs> I was going to say, Austin, I think we should get right into story so time. Story, story yeah. time was basically, I had heard of your product. I actually had heard it on a couple of other podcasts. And this was probably early on. That's why you didn't want to tell the story. Early on, no, it's a great you podcast. talk about other podcasts. <laughs> There's other podcasts? <laughs> um, and truthfully, it was early on and when I think you guys first launched. And they did not give it a great review, I have to tell you, Austin. But I will say years later, they did say that there were improvements made and they gave uh, great reviews later on. But anyway, I, so I had gotten this review and I went to a sports sporting goods show and I got to use the product. And I was like, what are these guys talking about? This thing is awesome. And I actually got to use it at the show at the booth. And I was hooked, you know, like I was like, man, this thing is awesome. But I just, I, I just wasn't in the, in, in, in the market to, to spend money on the product at the time. And out of nowhere, I opened a gift on Christmas and my mother of all people was like, I think this would really be good. You'd really like this. And I was like, I was like, holy, I was like, holy crap. I'm like, mom, like knocked it out of the park. So I, I wanted your product and I didn't have the cash, whatever. And mama regs bought, bought it for me. And it's, it is one of my favorite products. I can honestly tell you that. Yeah, that's so, awesome. And like that's I said, awesome. that other podcast, they have since said how great the product is. So whatever you guys are doing, you, I like that you're listening to the feedback and you're making improvements. It says a lot about you guys. Um, but uh, anyway, um, let's let's get into this a little bit. So how did you first get into firearms? What was your first introduction? I'm sandwiched between two brothers and uh, brothers don't always get along. And so you, you, you pick battles and you fight battles. And sometimes those are with, um, you know, it turns into a simulated uh, a gun, right? Pick up a stick and it's your gun and you're shooting the guy. Like that's just part of the sure. growing up years. Guns were, guns were actually banned in my house. Um, my parents were just anti-gun, like anti-violence, anti, I, I'm anti-violence too, but, um, anti-gun, um, as part of that, uh, just saw no reason to have anything. So they actually banned us even like mimicking guns. So we couldn't even like have a stick and point it at our, at our brother and pretend it was a gun. Um, that was not allowed, but, uh, you know, you can take a, a cat out of the fight, but you can't take a fight out of the cat, right? So um, as I got older and out of the house and could afford a gun, then I got a got gun. It. First gun was actually a shotgun because, um, you know, it's it's easier to hit things with a shotgun than with a, a pistol or a rifle. Awesome. Uh, was that like your like your first shotgun? Did you ever shoot a gun before? Or was that the first time you ever had a gun in your hand, like a real gun? Um. Okay, okay so... I was in Boy Scouts as a kid, and so okay. scout camp, we shot you know, 22s, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the BB gun or something, but not a, yeah, hung out with a friend once, slept over his house, and we shot BB guns at his neighbor's watermelon and cool. pretended Were it was you enough. nervous? <laughs> Were you nervous to, like, you had, now you have this, you know, this shotgun in your hand, and were you like, man, like, I don't know what to do with this, or did you go for training classes? How, you know, how did that progression sort of happen? Uh, Looking back, pretty ignorant, I thought, I was get a shot. I was an adult, right? So I, I can get a shotgun now and buy some. Yeah, eight, and eighteen, play. right? And I can go just and buy a little thrower and go with a buddy of mine out and and shoot some stuff up. And that's basically where it started. I uh, didn't take any shotgun classes. Um, bought bought a couple shotguns first, and then uh, got into pistols and rifles a bit after that. And actually, my one of my favorite guns to shoot is uh, is a twenty two rifle. Kind of the first gun that I shot as okay. a Boy Scout. Um, it's just kind of a one I can shoot with my boys. Um, cheap ammo. Yeah. Um, well, not cheap, no, no cheap ammo nowadays anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a fun one to shoot. Fun one, little gun to shoot. Our one of our um, favorite calibers on the show too is twenty two. Yeah. We Mike and I both have nice twenty twos, and we love shooting. Yeah, a lot of fun, and like you said, fairly yeah. inexpensive to shoot. So, 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 um, Austin. So when you uh, you got the shotgun, and you know you're now you're a gun owner, and here we are, fast forward to today, and now you're the president of a firearms training product company, right? So what led you from point A to point B? Because that's a big jump. We're going from couldn't have him as a kid, buys a shotgun, doesn't kind of kind of uh, naive to the to the you know gun world, and now all of a sudden you're running 
a company with training products. How does that happen? Tell me, take me from A to B. Yeah, well, well, years pass. <laughs> it's not an overnight transition. Um, uh, so a few years later, we're in Illinois, and we're the last state to get concealed carry. As you know, it took a Supreme Court decision to to force the legislation here to to allow us to conceal carry. So there's a massive influx of, of local gun owners um, taking concealed carry classes. And that was really kind of a, a tipping point for realizing that from a training perspective, because part of the concealed carry class here in Illinois is 16 hours of training with an instructor, including uh, basic weapons handling stuff. Very, 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 very basic. But, um, and then a qualification, live fire qualification at the range. Uh, so realizing that there is a big kind of deficit in the quality the quantitative feedback that a shooter gets there's a lot of the basics that instructor teaches and, and i'm not ragging on instructors at all here but from like a beginner's perspective they kind of teach you know here's how you grip and squeeze the trigger and then you shoot and they say well don't do that just like you know <laughs> don't slap the trigger and and just but what does that mean right like what does that mean do you even know if you're slapping the trigger right that's kind of you're right that's that's very accurate right Right, right. So, so it's kind of a gap there. And then also, I, I was actually shooting, this is at the qualification for the concealed carry class, and actually shooting um, next to uh, a buddy of mine and, and his wife, and she outshot me, which was, uh, I'm fine with, but not, my buddy wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let that go. And so, and so I was like, okay, I, I got to step my, step up my game a little bit. And the instructor who wasn't even watching me at all came over and looked at my target and he told me what I was doing wrong. And I, and I just kind of said in my, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad to the instructor who was, who was evaluating me and going to issue me my certificate to get my concealed carry permit. But I was like, did you, how do you know I was doing something wrong? Or how do you know what I was doing wrong when you weren't even watching me? And that was kind of like, he had 20, 20 guys in the class, 20 guys and gals. And how could he realistically see what was going on and accurately coach them. It's just the ratio was just nuts, sure. right? If you're going to be instructed, I think instruction is best one-on-one, small groups. There's some certain things you can do in a class, but as far as like helping someone specifically with their particular skill set, you got to be one-on-one. Anyways, and it's about this time that and this is seven years, six, seven years ago, um, kind of when electronics and hardware and software kind of evolved to a point where you know, our cell phones have amazing motion tracking capabilities in them. We said, what if we did a similar thing, but for firearms, what if we could get data-driven feedback and it wasn't some objective or, or sub subjective opinion-based um, qualitative, but not quantitative assessment of our shooting. What if we got that kind of feedback? It exists in other sports, sure. right? You know, if you look at any professional sport, there's all sorts of data and analysis that they do on mechanics and movement and, and statistics that help, really hone their processes and their mechanics and said why can't we do something similar for guns so that was kind of the the aha moment of we don't i don't want to be beholden 100 to rely on an instructor particularly when i don't get the attention that i'm paying for um, is there something i can do by myself or at home that'll give me data that i can then digest and apply to improve my yeah i mean i i think that that's it's an interesting approach because you're taking the physical act of shooting and then you're applying the scientific part to it. You know what I mean? So like, it's interesting that you were able to kind of marry the two, the, the, the physical act of a sport, so to speak, along with uh, the science part. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the problem is that the, the human eye, like it only has, I think it's like a 24 samples per second rate. Like we cannot sample uh, very quickly relative to what technology can sample at. So even if you're in a, particularly in, a, in a, when that bang goes off, so much happens so quickly. We, we just can't pick it up and our bodies sometimes lie to us. We, we feel a big bang. We try to recreate the story of what happened prior to that. And it's like, it, there's a big gap there that we're trying to fill. And, and sometimes we don't accurately fill that gap. And so part of the training process is providing the accurate data of what actually happened. So you can train your body to respond the appropriate way when a shot, when you're, when you're actually trying to take a shot right. accurately. What, what did your parents say when you started this company after no gun household? <laughs> oh, so to wrap up that end of the story, um, actually, my mom, when she in her sixties, she ended up joining the NRA and getting a gun. What? And wow, that's a story in itself. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so so they're all. About. We might need to have your mom on the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, she's passed on, and I. So I would oh, love to have her on the show. If you could arrange that, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, I wish I could, buddy. But, yeah. 
<laughs> if you had that kind of power, we wouldn't be talking right now. Um, no, so so they were all out. They're all about it. My uh, my dad, he's still alive, but he does not have a gun. Okay. Um, he's not interested in it, not anti, but they're both politically conservative, pro Second Amendment people now. Okay. Back then, do you know? Growing up, was there anything that changed their minds, like as they as they got older? Well, so this is interesting. So growing up. I don't know how old you guys are, but uh, so they're they're uh, growing up. The Second Amendment was not a right wing issue. You know, I'm I'm in my 40s now. Um, it was just kind of like people liked them or they didn't. It hadn't been politicized. Like no, the, right. the Republican Party hadn't really kind of grabbed that as one of their tenets. Um, you know, there's there's articles written about kids in the 50s and 60s that you know would take their shotgun to school, put it in yeah, the locker, like definitely. no big deal. And and so. You talk about the politics, whatever, making that issue a political issue hadn't really happened. Yet. Um, but as it became more of a political issue and it became something to fight over, I think my parents being you know, conservatives and generally more on the Republican side, that that, that, um, that, that made yeah. them, oh, you know what? We should be more concerned and worried about this and really take advantage of the So right it, it's almost like the, the issue caught up with their political beliefs as opposed to something right, the opposite. Right. Yep. So, yeah. Exactly so, right. Exactly right. And, and, and part of it was also, and once it did, then they went shooting. And it was like, oh, this isn't so bad and scary anymore because there's you know, three hours of safety before you even touch the yeah, firearm. That's interesting. Um, it's a, this is a tool. I just got to learn. Yeah, how to it's use interesting it because, you know, it kind of shows that when people are educated on it a little bit, it's like, oh, like you said, it's not so scary, you know. So, so, so. Exactly. I'm, I'm assuming what you do day to day, you know, running your company, I'm sure there's a lot to it, you know, and, uh, and especially the position you're in. So with that said, I hear this a lot from people in the industry. And I'm curious, do you get a chance to shoot a lot? Or is that sort of like, you know, uh, going by the wayside now that you have a, a company to run? <laughs> the funny thing is, I probably shoot less now, um, live fire than I did back before we were doing this full time, just because we we're, we're good so thing, busy. Good thing you don't got, have a good product where you can, you don't need the live fire, right? <laughs> well, that's the other reality. The aha moment for us was the, the experience um, kind of was born in the live fire problem that we we're facing during qualifications. But we didn't even know that dry fire was a possible or be useful. Yeah. But as we developed the product, um, and started doing research and understanding it. We're doing testing internally and realized, oh, you know what? Dry fire, it, 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 the best shooters in the world do 80 to, 80 to 90% of their practice dry fire and it's free and I can do it at home. And, but with the huge caveat, I got to be doing it right. Cause if I'm not doing it right, I'm building up training scars instead of good habits. True. And so again, baked into Mantis was we got to be able to do this live fire and dry fire so that they can carry, so everyone can carry their skills from, from home to Very the range. Cool. Um, so, so we do a lot of dry fire now, um, a lot of testing of our own product, but live fire shooting, uh, it's, it's just it happens less because you got to pick and choose how you spend your time. Um, we have a, the, the building that we're in has a basement. We've talked about putting a little range in the basement, um, just so we can live fire more. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story of where we're at right now. So, um, do you feel as far as the product itself, do you feel confident in saying, and you're on the air right now, do you feel confident in saying that the product will make people better shooters? Like if they use the product, do you find that it has a high success ratio? So I will tell you, I will say, state this as objectively as I can, and that is with the data that we've collected. Uh, so with the application, with, with Mantis, um, it's analyzing your shooting, it's collecting data on your shooting performance, and we track that if people choose to share that data and sync with it with the cloud so they can view it online or port between devices or form groups and see other people's data. They can do that. It's not required, but they can. And so we have a, this anonymous data set in the cloud that we can look at. And we did an analysis a couple of years ago. We took a subset of 10 million shots taken with Mantis, and we said, okay, for, for users that are using Mantis, what's kind of the improvement or lack of improvement trajectory like what are their scores look like over time and we saw this very sharp curve up to the right that um, most shooters the mantis scoring system it goes from zero to 100 on core marksmanship fundamentals um, and that's just one element of the application itself but there's lots of different different parts and pieces but that one core piece is zero to 100 the average shooter starts out about uh low to mid 70s that's generally where they're at um within a Within a thousand repetitions, 
So a thousand dry fire shots doesn't have to be live fire. A thousand dry fire shots, which you could put in in a few days um, without too much difficulty. The average score improves to mid to upper 80s. Mm. Um, and from a, if you're looking at from a live fire perspective, what what does that correlate to in real life? Um, if you're if you're getting 90 or above, if you're averaging 90 or above, you're shooting a two inch group at 10 yards. Okay. So. Um, you know, you're going from shooting a, a, uh, a six inch group at 10 yards to a two inch group at two yards on average is what we see within a thousand trigger presses of using Mantis X. I have to actually say for anyone listening out there, I want to, want to just point this out because I think it's one of the coolest, coolest things. Uh, you guys do a thing where there's like, when you first start, there's like a program you go through and when you complete the program and I did, it's like, Oh, congratulations. You know, like, uh, basically like, you know, submit this and we'll send you your, your honorary, like, you know, badge basically. And they send you, uh, like a, like a Velcro patch, you know, like a, like a spirit patch. And it's, it's, you guys sent it in the mail and it just basically says whatever, like basic marksmanship or something. And I, I was like, that's cool. It's just cool from like kind of a standpoint of like, it was that little extra thing that was like kind of neat, you know, it's kind of like being a kid and getting something in the Cracker Jack box, you know, I, I thought that was a really cool touch. <laughs> Mike, do you, but you got to do you think it improved your shooting? I mean, I, I know I've seen you use it. You can use this live fire too, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I thought we, I have seen you use this in live fire. I'm sure. Of yeah. It. I, what I would say is this. I, so I have a couple of little like hitches in my giddy up, so to speak, some things that like, you know, uh, constant problems. And you got the Charles Barkley swing. Yeah. Yeah. I got, of, I got a couple uh, of couple little, couple little <laughs> issues here and there, you know, and, uh, and I, what I will say is this, like I've taken it out and I've used it live fire and if I was shooting poorly, I was figuring out what I was doing wrong. And I was able to correct it in real time. So maybe it's not making me better like overall, but part of that's probably my, me not using it enough or consistent on a consistent basis. But it, it helped. It definitely has helped me to figure out like, oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. And that's a huge part of it, diagnosing what's wrong, right? Yeah. And sh- shooting is a perishable skill. So if I don't shoot for um, four weeks, it, you know, dry fire. Um, I'll drop back down pretty quickly. And most shooters are like that. Now it can come back pretty quickly. Not quite as like riding a bike, but uh, it does require this continuous, just like lifting weights or, or doing some Any, any task, like, really, even in your day-to-day job, you get out of practice, right? You just got to stay in it. Um, yep. Awesome. Do you think that a lot of your products are being bought these days by new gun owners? Do you, do you track that? Good question. Um, I think <laughs> new, gun, new gun owners are buying everything nowadays yep. <laughs> uh, and that includes some of our products um but what we found what was when we went in kind of our, our go-to-market strategy was there's a million new gun owners every year and like these are the ones like if they're going to carry uh exercise their second amendment rights they got to be proficient and they got to feel confident in carrying which is highly dependent on their proficiency so we said these are the, this is the captive audience we want to go after have you ever have you ever thought of like partnering with uh, a gun manufacturer and selling it as a package oh we'd love to do that if the right partner came along we'd, we'd be happy to discuss that um what we found is that actually most of our user base um initially and even today are actually more advanced shooters um a lot of new shooters are in there too uh, and we move them up the proficiency curve so they become more advanced. But I was surprised at how many initial like competitive shooters and people that have been shooting a lot for a lot of years uh, were super jazzed about buying Mantis because it gave them a level of granularity in their data that they couldn't get anywhere else. So we're talking about... And the interface is a, is a very simple interface, um, but you can drill down and see all sorts of little tiny granular things that you know these guys are make, talking about making micro adjustments to... Yep you know, their grip pressure or trigger finger placement or whatever else they want to see what that tiny difference makes in their shooting. And it'll tell them that now new shooters don't care about that. They just want to be able to hit somewhere on the paper and it helps them with that too. So it's kind of a, a full spectrum, uh, training aid. Yeah. Really the same product for both people. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yep. Just what would be your new gun owner package? bundle for mantis like what would be the couple things or three things that you would tell a new gun owner that this is the package you should buy from us great question so we have five different products well we have lots of different products but five main kind of mantis x products um now there's one just for archery and there's one that's just for shotgun analysis 
we have three different apps, one for pistol rifle, one for shotgun, one for archery. So excluding the, the shotgun and the archery one, there's really three basic, th three main choices for your pistol slash rifle shooters. Uh, one is on the low end, 99 bucks, dry fire only. Um, it gives you all the same analysis uh, in terms of core shooting mechanics and drills and courses uh, that you get with the other ones, but it's only 99 bucks and only works dry fire. Then you go up to 170 bucks, you add live fire component onto that. And then you go up to 250, you get the all-in package. That, that uh, hardware software package gives you uh, live fire, dry fire, CO2, uh, shotgun and archery are built into that one as well. And then it has a couple additional drills like a recoil analysis so you can analyze analyze your post shot um, control and then a holster draw analysis as well so you can really get all sorts of granular data on the efficiency of your holster draw um, so new shooter i think first has to understand what dry fire is and how powerful it is i think a lot of new shooters are like you know they gawk at the oh wow it's 500 bucks for a decent gun Ooh. Um, and so, oh, and I got to buy ear pro and eye pro and ammo and, you know, a range bag and, and everything else. And all of a sudden it's a, they're in a thousand Easy. bucks. And so, and they haven't even talked about going to a range and paying for an instructor and, and all this other stuff. And so someone who wants, especially from like a, a fear-based sale where they're worried about, you know, social unrest or just being able to, being able to carry confidently, there's a, a sticker shock that happens. So they got. I think if you convince them that dry fire is is really what's going to help them, um, you can get it get in pretty easily at the ninety nine dollar option. Get amazing feedback. Yeah, from that, that and then that's uh, that's something that Mike we talk about all the time. These new gun owners, but we have not really talked about the uh, cost of entry, right? Yeah, it's funny as as Austin's saying this, I'm like, man, like you know, if I'm a gun dealer, uh, if I'm an FFL, and I'm like, you know, I, if I want to have as many people. Um, owning firearms as possible. And I just literally just, uh, I hooked up uh, smoke wagon firearms that Keith and I have had on the show with a couple of people I know. And they got one guy got a shotgun, brand new gun owner, another friend, mutual friend of ours, Keith just bought his first uh, 1022. So I'm trying to get people into the world, you know, in, into the world. And, you know, they're coming in with like $200 shotgun, $200 1022s. And but then there's all this other stuff. The one guy that bought the shotgun, his wife said, well, where do we store it? Like, I got to keep it safe from the kids. And, yep. and we had this conversation. Yep. I sat down with her and I said, listen, for a while, it might be you put the cable lock through and you're not going to be able to just grab it if bump goes in the night. But you slowly add on. You get that now you're going to get something else and then you're going to get something else. And it's, you know, you're, you know, I always say, welcome to your new addiction. You know, it's, it's, it's an addiction. It's something you're going to be into. And, um, <laughs> But I, if I'm an FFL, I'm saying, man, I got to figure a way to package this up. Like, you know, you can get a an inexpensive. There's there's quality guns, good guns, a couple Rugers that you can get for a few hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. You had a, a gun safe, another hundred bucks, four hundred bucks, box ammo. You could be out the door five hundred bucks. Everything that you need aside from the training. And man, more more FFLs, and right now is a terrible time to, you know, try and buy buy guns. But you know, in normal <laughs> times. Man, a five hundred dollar package where someone walks out with the gun, the ammo, and the safety part to basically, you know, keep it safe from their children or whatever. That's a screaming deal, you know. And like, maybe that's a way to, that you do it is you package things up. And Austin, back to you. I think even though you know I have the product where you can shoot multiple different ways, having a product like just the dry fire is an awesome idea because there's people that like they're yeah. just getting the gun. They don't need. They're scared to even go to the range. But now they can do it in the safety of their home. They feel comfortable and they're actually getting their hands on the gun. And that's building familiarity. And that's a good thing. So I think the fact that you have these options says a lot about, you know, the idea that you're not just catering to the, you know, the guy who's sponsored and has a ton of a ton of resources. So that's good. Good on you, man, for, for doing that. We're trying to make it more accessible to as many people as possible. I mean, that's our that's our goal is. Yeah. Affordability is, is a yeah, big issue exactly. for a lot of people. Speaking of your product line, you seem to always be like upping your game and creating new products. And we tried to get you on the show and I think you guys were in the middle of something big and I couldn't get you right away. And then I think finally you reached out to me and they were telling me that the new product was Blackbeard. And could you tell our listeners a little bit about Blackbeard and kind of tell us what this new product to the market? It's only like a month, like a few months old at this point. So could you tell us what that, what that is? Yeah. And it's... <laughs> 
it's not uh, formally oh, I, launched. I, I apologize. Should I, I just like let the cat out of the bag? No, 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 no. So I'll tell you, we suck at marketing. <laughs> um, I love we, your honesty. We're, we're, we're you know, because like all the big companies, and we're a small company, but uh, we're all engineers. Like we just want to build yep. cool yeah. stuff and, and work well for ourselves and then sell it to other people. You know, and all the big companies, like, yeah, what you need to do is, is build this big like hype and then have this big launch day where it goes everywhere. And we're just like, you're going on word of mouth, Austin. I like it. Yeah, it's just like that, that sounds lame. Like, <laughs> If it works well for somebody, they'll tell somebody else, right? Um, I don't need. I, we're we're trying to solve a problem here, not just sell snake oil or whatever else. So Blackbeard, the story of Blackbeard. You were watching pirate movies one night, and you came up with this name Blackbeard. <laughs> I won't tell you how we came up with the name, but um, we uh, we actually did have a prototype at Shot Show, and so we were demoing it at Shot Show, and. Um, just a couple people. So there's a couple of videos out there and we allowed people to kind of pre-order it, but we haven't like publicized it, like sent it out to some YouTubers, put it on podcasts, like advertised it at all because we're still, uh, it's kind of in, kind of in beta. Um, it's, it's not a software product. Well, there's software in it, but it's not connected to the phone at all. It's a completely, um, non, well, it's, it's very, very intelligent, but it's not, it's not a Bluetooth connected device like all of our Mantis X sensors. Um, Oh, I'll tell you what it is. Because <laughs> so what it is here, here. Here's the problem it solves, right? So, dry fire training is amazing. Like it's it, it's it's the go to for nailing down your mechanics, your weapons handling, your situational awareness. Like you practice all that stuff in your home, dry. Where you know, heaven forbid, you might have to use it, but that's the place that you want to be the most proficient with it if you need it. And uh, but uh, with an AR, it sucks. Like you gotta you take a shot and then you gotta run the charging handle. And then get in position again, take another shot. Like it's just, it's big and bulky. You're breaking position while you're charging it. And so, what Blackbeard is designed is to solve that problem so that you can operate your AR 15 like it's a live fire weapon. And what Blackbeard does is it, you, you, it replaces your bolt carrier group and your charging handle with a the magic Blackbeard. Then your magazine is replaced with our magic magazine, which is actually a battery pack. And the battery pack powers the Blackbeard. And every time, you break the trigger, the hammer falls, it resets the hammer for you automatically and instantly for you. Oh, that's really cool. It turns your your AR-15 into an auto-resetting machine, just like you'd be working, just like you'd for, be working. For training, for that's so cool. Exactly and it right. gives it, the data, and it gives the data as well? So it does not connect to the Mantis X. We were working on a version that it has Mantis X integrated in it, um, but it does have a laser. So all of a sudden you can see point of impact data. You can, you know, do an offset with your optic, whatever. Um, or you could zero it with your optic and get uh, all sorts of great visual feedback on where you're hitting and really mm. run through situational stuff as well. Very so cool. that's really cool. That's what Black does. Well, I, I was reading on your website that uh, you, uh, it says that you are all data heads. So I would like you to talk some data to me. Okay. Um, you must have had some internal debates about what data to present because I, I, I'm into data all the time in my day job. So I, I am constantly like, Oh, I wonder what this would look like. Oh, is this interesting? Does this tell me something? So can you tell us about some of the data fails that maybe you've had, you know, in picking what to display and what not to display to, to users? Yeah. Good question. So this is internal debate early before we even launched because we tracked the moon of the gun before, during, after the shot. So we, it's just like this black box recording. And when the shot occurs, we save and analyze the data surrounding the shot. And the big debate was how much of that movement data do we present to the user? And what we decided, what we figured out um, is that in all of our data analysis, while we're building out the product, the most important window of time for analysis in terms of analyzing the person's trigger control and weapon manipulation capabilities in terms of shot accuracy uh, was that split second of time right before the shot breaks. So you can aim aim the gun when you pull the trigger the bullet goes somewhere other than where you intended it to go so it happened in that little window of time and that's about 1500 hundredths of a second pretty good for most people um we originally were like ah it's about quarter second but we whittled that down all the data told us no it's actually closer to 1500 so wow that's the scoring mechanism for for a a chunk of what mantis provides you is how much movement happens in that 15 hundredths of a second right before the shot breaks and what direction and what magnitude and so we've created this interface it shows you how much you pull in which direction and gives you the quantifiable score, which I think was a solid 100% win. Um, but the actual movement trace, we're like, no one cares about that. No one cares about like watching 
what what the what the lines show you in that window of time, kind of drawing out the movement of the gun. And so we did not include that in the first iteration of the app. Yeah, you end up with these spaghetti graphs, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And we're like, because I'm like, data is interesting, but if I'm going to put it out there, it's got to be useful. Uh, it can't yeah. be pretty to look at. It's got to be useful. Um, so we actually left it out. And but then as we put the product out on the market. Um, started talking to people again a lot of the higher end shooters were some of our early adopters and they all wanted it and so we wow. put it back in <laughs> well we put it in um and presented it and that's and that's one of the magic parts of the app is being able to see that and visualize it and see when i do this with my gun this is what happens and then it and then it helps the body train itself you know our our body yeah. is this amazing neural network we pre- present it with data and experiences and inputs and, and it knows how to digest and process all that yeah, I want to um, cut you off really quick um, because yep. when I use the product, I know like there's like three colored lines and like one is the the movement before the shot, one is the shot, and then one is, you know, your follow through or after the shot. Yep. And Keith, to your point, spaghetti graph. It's exactly what it, it looks exactly like that. And, yep. you know, the, the before is often like, you know, you're trying to get your sight picture and like I'm all over, like you see that wavy line. And then like, you know, if I take a really nice crisp shot, I you know, I have that really precise you know, line and then, you know, the, the follow through, whatever that is. But I find that when I'm like, when I feel really good, what I mean by that is like, I, you know, I bring the gun up, I push it out, I squeeze the trigger. And I I know before I even like, even hear the thing, tell me, I'm like, that was a 90, you know, that was in the nineties and then it breaks and it says 90. And I'm like, you could just feel it all go right. And when I go back to that quote unquote spaghetti graph, it's like, holy crap, like it's all, they're all tight together. You know what I mean? So it, it's cool how it kind of shows you like, all right, now I know what a really good trigger pull and, and sight picture feels like. It kind of puts it all together for you. Well, that's the brain power, man. That's that's the power of your brain. Yeah. So it's so amazing, like like Austin's saying, you know, to be able to just, it's a lot, I, I equate a lot to, a, to a, even a golf shot, you know, like sometimes you just, your mind will just correct things that you don't even are not really even telling it to correct. Right. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. Well, talk to me about the, this. So this 15th, these 15 hundredths of a second, like that is the difference between a 90 and a 95 or an 85 and a 90. Like, right. Is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, so you can get a zero in that window of time if you jerk it enough. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, 15 hundredths of, of a second right before the shot breaks. That's the difference between life or death. Really? Yeah. And that's where people are getting, they're starting off in the low seventies and they're working their way up into the, you know, hopefully mid nineties. Um, but it's all based off how well you control the gun while you squeeze the trigger. I've that's never gotten a hundred, but do you know how good a 99 feels? It feels so good. <laughs> <I do>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um, what are some additional products in your line that people might want to pick up in terms of like making the, the dry fire experience even better? And that, one in particular, I know there's a product. I, I don't think it's your product, but I think you guys maybe have a, a a joint like a collaboration with them. But isn't there something that makes it so you don't have to keep re-racking the slide? So there's a company called Dry Fire Mag. And they make a, for Glocks and Smith & Wesson and M&Ps and I think for Springfields as well. Um, so you drop out your magazine, you put their magazine in, and it puts a little lever it, so you're, it's up inside You know your your firearm so when you pull the trigger you're actually pressing against the lever rather than your trigger bar okay. and then and then it has this little reed this little metal reed that that snaps so it's kind of like a trigger break and then when you let go it resets kind of like a reset okay. so it's not like the so it modifies the feel of you know, it mimics the process but it modifies the feel of it but it does keep you yeah. from racking the slide of the is, is it a softer feel it sounds like it might be a little so they do have uh, adjustable springs, so you can kind of adjust to different weights. But it's a – I'm not a fan of the, the stock Glock triggers, um, but it is a – it's a very – it's like kind of like a light switch. Um, okay, got it. Instantaneous switch and instantaneous – there isn't like that kind of mush like a normal trigger would have. Um, right. So it's very crisp, but it's not like a, a standard like high-end – crisp trigger would be if that makes I sense got you. it doesn't yeah, have that take doesn't you. have that take up it doesn't have that sort of natural feel it sounds like so that that makes sense so so what what products do you have like what other products do you recommend like are there products that you guys yeah. actually make or 
Yeah, so we actually partnered with them, and and they there is a combination product, a dry fire mag X DFMX that has Mantis X inside of it. So it's a single magazine, so you can use it for resetting your firearm and getting the Mantis X data out of there. So no, it, it's great product. Um, the uh, it solves a real problem of of having to rack the slide between shots. Um, but it's it's it, it modifies it. So it's, again, you can't say this is exactly how the trigger experience is, but it does serve a very good purpose in what it's trying to do. Sure. Um, so a lot depends on, you know, laser trainers are very popular. Uh, we actually sell a laser bullet. So Mantis gives you, how we describe, you know, the whole shot process and the feedback that you get, you know, the holes on paper where a laser hits on a piece of paper or a reflective target or whatnot, is kind of like the last page of a story that tells you, ah, this is the final hurrah. Like this is where the bullet landed. And Mantis tells you like the whole story, except for that last page. Uh, it tells you all the whys and the hows and what. Um, but it doesn't tell you that last page. So sometimes, uh, oftentimes, Mantis paired with a laser trainer, um, you know, these laser bullets are 40 or 50 bucks, can give you kind of the complete picture of where you hit and then, or why you missed where you intended to hit. Um, so we like those as well. Um, I like situational stuff. You know, simulators are, because obviously all this feeds into real life situations, right, for self-defense. Um, so if you have the chance to play around with a simulator, there's stuff that's all all across the market um, in terms of price, but just something that gives you some sense of, of real life um, for you to make decisions. We're also also big fans of. Um, there's some interesting stuff that's happening in, in VR and uh, you know, virtual reality and augmented reality and mixed reality. We'll see how that evolves over the few over the next few years. Nothing really on the commercial market. Um, that's interesting yet or or particularly useful, but I can see that potentially being something very, um, very interesting from a training perspective. I feel like you guys have really, I mean, like, listen, like, you know, who knows what the future holds, but I feel like you guys have definitely bridged the gap between, you know, what is basically a very mechanical, it's a mechanical instrument and the, you know, the human element added into that. And you guys have really kind of, um, bridge the gap by putting the technology. So I think that that's really, really cool. And um, like I said, I'm a big fan of the product. I, I you know, I, I recommend it to everybody. I, I, I did it on the show. I said how great it was. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. So if um, people are interested, where can they find you online in terms of your social media, you know, purchasing products? Where, where are you guys at? Yeah. So mantisx.com is our website. Um, on social media, Mantis Tech. That's the name of the company is Mantis Tech. Um, but yeah, that's the easiest way to Google us. Cool. And you guys are on, uh, you guys are on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. Yep, we are. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and that'll all be in the show notes. Um, at the end of the show notes, we'll have uh, links to uh, to all your um, social media. So anybody looking to pick up their products or uh, just kind of like check out the product, check out our show notes, and it'll be there. So um, awesome. Before we move to our uh, move on to to some other topics. Uh, we like to, we have a little tradition. We like to play a little game on this uh, show called run and gun. And it's a fast paced game where we ask a question and we uh, ask you to give the answer as quick as possible. You, uh, you down to play that with us? <laughs> we'll see. I predict right. I lose. Uh, we'll you'll be play. fine. You'll be fine. But uh, give us the first. No answer. winner lose. Yeah. Nobody loses. Give us the first answer that comes to your mind and you'll do fine. Okay. All right. So here we go. What is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Uh, my, my Marlin, my 22 rifle, Marlin SB50. It's stainless steel barrel, this beautiful wood stock. Cheap gun is only like 250 bucks, but if I'm going to go out shooting with my boys who are little, that's the one I go to. Nice. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Oof. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a big fan of the Staccatos um, that was formerly the STI. Uh, those are really, really nice guns. Um, I, I'm not like a... You know, there's the... Alien by Logo Arms out of Czech Republic. It's like a $6,000 gun. looks pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I, probably one of those two guns, I guess. Okay. If you could have a drink with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Oof. Oh, how about uh, George Washington? I'd like that's, to get some insight into the founding father's heads a little bit. That's a good stuff. one. <laughs> We've gotten Trump a lot. So Washington is, is an interesting one. Imagine it's so simple, right? Like you ask him and he's just like, yeah, we just wanted you guys to have guns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice, nicely done. I like Washington. Uh, favorite caliber? A nine. Favorite hobby, not gun related? Ooh. I like, uh, I like 
running and swimming. So I'm, I'm kind of a cardio guy and I got a smart watch that gives me all sorts of data and analytics on that too. So. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? I think invisibility would be pretty sweet. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Oh, trained. Hands down. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Hands down. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? For what purpose? Rifle, nope, pistol, no or shotgun? No purpose. Just get it. Uh, I'd probably take a rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse or significant other? Uh, can I uh, call in a favor to God? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, if God's got your back, man, that, that's a great answer. I'll, I'll take it. Awesome. Nice job. Let's mix it up. All right. So today on Let's Mix It Up, we are going to talk about range bags. So here we are talking about a great product uh, with Austin and Ultimately, the goal is to get it to the range and to improve and, and, and get your skill set a little bit better. But everyone knows you got to go with the right equipment. So if we're building our perfect range bag, we're going to kind of rack our brains here and talk about what things we would want, would want to put in. So, uh, Austin, you're our guest. So give me one thing you want to put in the range bag. What's one thing you got to have with you at all times? Uh, not Lula. I got to load. I wow. got to load my magazine. I, I got to keep my hands nice and soft. I don't want to cut them up on the yeah, I, like I have one, I of, those. one of those. It's in my it's bag. In my bag, and it's on my list too. I don't need to prove anything. I I'll pull that thing out. Nope. Yep. Well, I you agree. know what? Listen, this isn't like a, a test of your manhood. Let's put it this way: you're just going to shoot that much that you got to speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Keith? I I prefer. I'd like to. I was going to start with. I prefer a backpack style bag. So if we're going, I'm going to start with a range bag. I'm going to start with a okay. backpack. Yeah. So let's just go with. I, I let's just say a bag. You have to have something to put it in, right? So the range bag itself, and it sounds like Keith likes the backpack. That's nice. Just a quick little tip for people out there. If you don't have a lot of money, new shooters, Keith, right? Uh, go go. Yeah. Go to I, I I have a I have like a Nike a twenty dollar Nike I'll backpack. Do you one better? Right go to Harbor Freight and get some of their tool bags, and they're perfect. They have all kinds of compartments, and it's like a cheap like you can get them for like nine bucks. You know, that's a good little cheap fix if you're looking for one. Um. All right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this is an obvious one, but I think it's a it's a good one. Um, eye protection and ear protection. Got to have that stuff. Austin, what's your next? I would even say an extra. I would even say an extra pair Definitely, of each because you always find someone that you know you you bring someone and they don't have it or you're there and someone doesn't have it, so that's a good one, right? Yeah. Um, Austin, what's your next one? Uh, a trauma kit, uh, some sort of medical kit, um, and if that's too cost prohibitive, at least bring some band aids. My man, we've, we've been talking about this a lot. We've talked a lot about yeah, that. We've had um, we've had. We've had uh, tourniquet suppliers on here. We've had uh, medical trainers on here, and it's something Keith and I are trying to become better at. We're we're certainly not there yet, but um, it's uh, definitely uh, something on our minds. Yeah. All right, Keith, what do you got? A stapler and a red one, like office space. No, just <laughs> just a regular, just, just a regular stapler will be fine. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a must-have. I would say. Um, I like to have a rangefinder. Um, I, I'd like to know how exactly how far my targets are. So if I'm shooting, you know, if I'm sighting in especially, but just in general, I'd like to know, you know, what I'm, what I'm working with. So I always like to have a rangefinder with me. That's one that's always in my bag. And you know what? It's something I find most people don't have in their bag. So people, they like to borrow it. Um, so <laughs> I think if you don't have Mantis, Mantis has a shot timer built into it. If you don't have a Mantis, a shot timer is helpful. If you're doing um, anything that's kind of above or, or more complicated than core marksmanship stuff just to kind of see it's, it's a metric to gauge how your performance is improving it's a good one it's really really good sure. one. and how much are they like i i don't have one actually I, sh I really want to get one but like they're not that expensive right we have one in your mantis it's built in so uh but no they're 100 bucks ish you already got yours but yeah i didn't even know that i have to like now i have to go play with it later i would say a small precision tool set i have one in my bag i got it you know, cheap at like Gander Mountain or something like yeah. that. Uh, actually, I think it was Cabela's. I shouldn't. shouldn't I've say. seen yours and it's cool. Gander like Mountain it has like different it. bits and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. like, I'm not going to use this as mine, but I'm just going to kind of like add it onto yours. I have like a multi-tool, like a, like a Leatherman. Like that's a good one to have. And I've used it yep. to, 
the, yeah. the pliers I've pried out brass from a you know that are stuck in a barrel or something. So it's tools I would say right like tools are, are a good thing to have. Um, I like to have I like to shoot steel. Um, Keith, I think you would agree you enjoy it. So I like to mm-hmm. keep a, a can of red spray paint so that I can kind of freshen up. Oh, freshen yeah. up the. So you like red, huh? As opposed to the standard white. Yeah, just I like I like that bright color standing out, you know. But whatever, whatever color does it for you, I suppose. What yeah. about you, Austin? Something else? Uh, so I something I like to take a small tripod. Um, it's, you can set it on a bench or something to to be able to film uh, what's going on. Uh, for both for two reasons. One is uh, sometimes I like to review it afterwards, just make sure I didn't have any safety mishaps. Like make sure I wasn't muzzling something or pointing the something in an unsafe direction. And kind of fast forward through the video to make sure that that was that, that I operated uh, safely post facto, and also just to capture if I ended up doing something really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I want, to, I want to see that. Also, from a training perspective, if if I did something, I wasn't quite sure what happened. I'm, I'm getting mantis data, but I get kind of a three dimensional view with the video. I can kind of go back and review it as well. Do you just use your cell phone? Do you just put your cell phone yeah. on a tripod? Yeah. Yeah, that's plenty, plenty good. I'll go with a couple uh, microfiber cloths. I'm, I'm big fans of those, especially, you know, just being able to like quickly wipe down your firearm before when you're done for the day or things like that. Um, I always like to keep, I don't know if you know what field notes are. They're like a little tiny book that you can write stuff in, just a journal basically. But mm-hmm. I like to have field notes. And um, when I'm really on my game, I actually write down like, all right, I shot this many rounds and it was this this type of ammo and no malfunctions. But sometimes I just jot that, like I'll just, you know, as I'm shooting, I kind of keep track of, my total round count. And then I try to keep track of for each gun, like roughly how many rounds I put through that firearm. So, um, so I like, <laughs> you mentioned a microfiber cloth, but I kind of like a little clean, like a little bottle of cleaning oil and a rag and a little rod yeah. because I don't clean my guns often enough. And I discovered that at the range when they jam or something, I'm like, ah, yeah, it's catching <laughs> up to me. So it's just nice to be able to take five, 10 minutes, break it down real quick, clean it up. Um, so I can continue my range session uninhibited. That's a good one. Yeah, I, I, I bring small cleaning stuff too in mine. You know, I, I guess that kind of brings me to my next big one is make sure you got a bag big enough for all of this and the ammo that you need, which you know, some of us probably need like a pickup truck or a storage unit to take our ammo with us. But <laughs> you know, it, it, the size of the bag for all this stuff is certainly getting getting up. Right. There. Yeah, definitely. Um, here's one. I think this is a good one. It's definitely good for certain things that you're trying to accomplish. But I bring um, and you can get a cheap one again. Like Harbor Freight has them. But like a little digital uh, caliber, and you can kind of measure your uh, your shots and see how far apart they are. So if you're looking for a specific grouping, or you're working on, you know, like Keith, you do the twenty two league, it would actually be really good for that. You know, you could sort of keep information like on your groupings and stuff. So I like to just I throw a cheap one in my bag and just kind of keep it in there. Um, so let's yep, do let's wrap up. We'll do one more reach, and Austin, I'm, I'll give you uh, your last one. Yeah, so I, I bring a cell phone, obviously, for <laughs> because I bring it everywhere. But specifically for range usage, I use it with my Mantis. I use, there's a, uh, you talked about measuring group sizes. There's a couple apps out there that you can use for measuring group sizes. Um, it's also great for emergencies. Um, you know, something happens, you got a, a call out. But along with that, I bring an extra a battery, uh, a battery pack to charge in case something's running low. Because the worst thing that could happen is if something bad happens, you don't have access to, to call anybody. I'm talking about like an outdoor range, or maybe you don't have people around. Um, you want to make sure that you have your emergency lines clear and powered. I'll, I'll stick with the emergency. A couple of bottles of water, man. I'm always oh, thirsty. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, it definitely. You get parched, surprisingly. Yeah. Yeah, and you start if, and you never think you need yeah, one. Yeah, you're if you're thirsty, man, and you're shooting, you start to realize like the uh, the lactic acid builds up, and you start to get a little fatigued. And yeah, the water that's actually a really good one. And I usually do keep like a, a couple of bottles in my bag too. Nice job. I I feel like I have to give you a bottle of mine every once in a while. <laughs> You're not supposed to call me out on stuff. Damn. It's messed up. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go my last one. Um, I actually don't use these as much. Believe it or not, it's because of Mantis X. Um, but I like to keep like snap caps or dummy rounds um, for, for my gun. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm finding like, man, like I'm I'm really like, you know, anticipating or I'm doing some. Sometimes I'll do drills, right? Like mix up live and, and dummies. And like I wait to see if I can like catch that anticipation. So uh, sometimes it just helps me to kind of like refocus what's going on and, and correct mistakes, you know, but I, I think that, man, I'll tell you what, I, there were some, definitely some things both of you brought, both of you guys brought up that I never thought of. And, uh, I'm glad we did this, but you know, if you're someone out there listening, uh, maybe a new shooter or even an experienced shooter, hopefully this helps people out and, um, you know, build those range bags. 
tell Santa your list. Yeah, exactly. Mama, <laughs> Mama Regs hooked me up, so you know maybe, maybe your mom will hook you up with a Mantis X or something. It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. All right, so today on Top Gear, we have a couple of reviews. I am actually going to bow out of today's reviews, and I'm going to uh, let Keith and Austin do theirs. So, Keith, I'm going to let you start it off. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm reviewing my uh, Browning Satori XT uh, Trap uh, Shotgun. I, I bought this used, full disclosure. Um, I've, I've mentioned it a few times on the show, but never did an in-depth uh, review. Um, decoding the serial number says it's a 2009 model, uh, not made in Belgium. It's, uh, appears that it's been, uh, was made in Japan, uh, based on the year. Um, when I purchased it, it, uh, it had probably somewhere between 25 and 30,000 rounds run through it. Um, everything I've read, it should be absolutely okay for 250,000 rounds. And, uh, I don't think I'll be creeping up on that too soon. Um, when I was looking at um, over-unders, you know, I, I had talked to an FFL friend of mine and I, I had told him that I, I I had just really started to get into trap and I was having a blast doing it. And I just wanted something that could make me competitive and be competitive. And, um, and this gun is definitely it. Um, you know, Mike, I think you were with me when I bought this gun uh, and, and shot it for the first time. And I instantly saw improvement in my game. Um, the adjustable comb cheek rest, you know, was, I think the big differential for me and my accuracy and improving my accuracy was being able to get my cheek up a little bit higher. Um, next thing that really helped was the high vis sights and the raised rib along the barrel. Um, I think the gun is amazing looking you know and it, it, it matches the price no it's definitely like, um, th- th- that gun in general is like a classic it's a classic trap gun right but like yeah, it definitely yeah. has um it has like a really nice look to it, it looks very rich. i don't want to say, no, rich I would say rich i was just gonna say it looks like, rich you, you know, know i do think it looks rich yeah i'll say it for you um, the Keith. barrels I'll say it for you. thank you i appreciate that i appreciate it <laughs> The barrels are are blued and ported. It's got titanium chokes, which was an upgrade. Um, a gloss walnut stock, chrome plated chamber, gold plated trigger. You know the receivers all engraved. I mean, I just I love it. I, I I can't get enough of it. It's it's a little bit heavy. It's a you know a little over eight pounds. You do feel the rate weight, but honestly, it it helps with the recoil, and um, you know. I, I, I've gotten used to it. It doesn't really, it doesn't bother Keith, me. Can I ask you a question? Um, is there anything you yeah. wish it had on it? I mean, it, it sounds like it has almost everything, but like maybe like the uh, adjustable length of pull, like, is that something that you feel you would like or it doesn't bother you? It's interesting. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I, I see a couple guys that we, we shoot with at the club that have that. And I'm like, I'm not sure if it would really help me or not. Um, I, I I've never shot a gun with it, so I can't say that I miss it. If that makes That's any fair. sense, yeah, sure. you know. But I will say the adjustable comb was a humongous improvement over what I what I had been using prior to this. Um, retail when I bought it was around eighteen hundred. The values are seem to be close to the same. Um, the high demand in firearms, I think, is only going to you know continue to make this this go up. I particularly think the good news is if you're looking for an above average shotgun for shooting trap or sporting clays, brands like like this, Browning, Brunelli, you know, you're still going to be able to find those grunt guns available because of the higher price point. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about that today, even in the show. You know, if you can afford the price of entry, I really think that this gun will be, you know, in my family for generations. So, you know, you spend that much on a firearm and and probably I, I personally i'll keep it around forever. it's definitely like one of those like estate guns like it's a generational gun that you're going to keep in your family it's 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 a nice looking gun and it functions very well obviously so um yeah i hit uh what we shot doubles at the club recently i have 41 out of 50 i was like so excited that was my first time well my second time shooting doubles the first round was 25 out of 50 but uh we'll just focus on the 41 <laughs> out of 50 <laughs> and uh uh i it's like i said i just want to go out and just i want to shoot it as, as often as that's I can. awesome that's why i'm building a reloading bench for shotguns i'm shooting too much of it yeah. that's awesome thanks for sharing keith i appreciate it um austin what about you what do you got for us 
Yeah, so the P365XL, talking about guns, it's kind of a, a newer gun on the market. Um, only been out a couple of years now, but uh, that's a gun that I, I looked at the original P365, it had some issues, um, and they fixed those issues. When the XL came out, I was like, oh, okay, a little bit longer barrel, same capacity, a little bit longer barrel, um, flat trigger, that's kind of interesting to me. Um, and they have the SAS model, which is the kind of the embedded site, the, the anti-snag technology, they call it, um, that was also, uh, so you, they gave you three options to choose from, right? And when, they give, give, when given three options, you choose one, you just have to choose one. Um, but obviously, I, I'm a big fan of SIG's ergonomics, like their grip. Um, I, I don't know what handguns you guys shoot, but, um, you know, sta- Glock's a pretty standard go-to, and I have a couple Glocks, but... Um, it feels more like a brick doesn't conform to the, the the form of my hand like I'd like it to, whereas every SIG that I have just feels like it fits better. So it's just more comfortable from a grip perspective. And the P365, all their models uh, have accomplished that just like all their other guns. So I love the grip in terms of how comfortable it feels and how well-balanced it feels, uh, both loaded and unloaded. A little top-heavy on, the, on when it's unloaded still, but it, it's... It's ergonomically a, a great design. Obviously, the high capacity for a concealed carry weapon is phenomenal. Um, I really I wanted the flat trigger. The P365 has a, a you know the standard curved trigger, and uh, just didn't feel quite as as crisp and as um, as nice as I would like. So when they, I saw the flat trigger option, I thought, oh, that's that's kind of the one I want. Was that um, the main selling point of the X um, L over the regular? That 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 longer barrel, but you know, in retrospect, so here's 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 my cons about both of that. The reason I didn't go with the SAS, I'll come back to the the cons. Um, the anti snag stuff is just a different sight. You got to get used to it, and it's a it, unless you practice with that all the time, um, you it, it's it's going to be an adjustment or transition period. And so I wanted more standard sights, which the the XL comes with. Um, Again, just because that's what I'm used to training with, and that's what other that's what most guns are like. Um, the 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 trigger and the so the length it is longer. Um, I thought you know a little bit longer, a little more accurate, but in any concealed carry situation, it's really not going to matter that much, frankly speaking. Um, but it does surprising that much barrel does add a little bit of bulk when you're trying to carry even in, in your pocket or even in a holster. Like it, it's just a little bit longer. Um, so in retrospect, it, the length didn't do anything for me once I, I started using it, get familiar with it more and more. Um, and the trigger, I do like I do like the flat trigger better than the curved trigger, so I'm I'm happy about that. Um, but I'm the the trigger for some reason on the P365 and it's similar on the P320 as well. It's a it's not I don't know how, how quite to describe it, but I don't quite like it yet, and I don't know if I'm gonna, it's going to grow on me or not. But it's a bit mushier. And the break isn't as crisp. It's almost like the break, it's it's a mushy break. I, it, there's you can feel that click when it breaks, but it's still it's kind of like a mushy break. And so, um, it doesn't feel quite as tightly engineered as other triggers do. I um, find the reset on it though is very good. Do you agree with that? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that good. as well. Yeah. I like the now, does, does the trigger break bother you at all, or is that just me? So I don't own one, but I've said it on the show several times. That's going to be my next gun. I just, uh, you know, I'm just waiting kind of, but I have other things I'm into right now, and I have yeah. guns that work fine, you know. But um, <laughs> but I but I, I agree with what you're saying. The ergonomics are – it's a beautiful gun. The ergonomics are great. Um, you know, the, the round capacity is amazing. Um, I keep debating between which one, between the regular and the XL, and – I like the the XL. I actually had them both in my hand the other day, and it is a it is quite a bit bigger. Anybody who says, "Oh, it's not that much bigger," it's quite a bit bigger. And yeah. I don't. I say this all the time. I really don't like carrying a gun. I do, but like it's it's a pain to carry a gun. It's not comfortable. They're bulky. They're and I want the smallest possible gun I can have that I will carry. And but the problem is the XL has the ability to take what is the Romeo Zero. And I've always wanted to try that. And so that's kind of leaned me the other way. So I actually think eventually I'll want to buy one of each and I'll wind up doing a long slide version. Uh, so short handle, long slide and combine the two because all their parts are interchangeable. 
Yeah. So that's something I maybe down the road would do. But and I find I actually like the trigger. I do. I I know what you're saying by it being mushy, but I'm not that picky about that stuff really. Like I I you know I I know what you're saying, but I overall think it's a pretty decent trigger. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I love it. Like, I, I own it. I'm not getting rid of it. <laughs> I'm just trying to find cons. I will say one other con that I, you know, I know this is completely a business decision that they made, is that they put that proprietary rail on there instead yeah. of a standard Picatinny or Weaver. It's just like, come on, guys. You know, they're SIG, SIG is trying to control the world by right. owning every possible category within the shooting space and they wanted to own all the accessories as well which makes you know making their rail incompatible with just about everything on the market i heard something about that that they said they the size of it they couldn't put a standard rail like there wouldn't be enough teeth on the on the picatinny but i don't know if i really i've heard it but i don't know if i believe it you know what i mean like hellcat does it exactly yeah exactly as well as any other you know any other subcompact so i mean not the mmp series doesn't but they could um and then and people can design accessories around it but the mounting system is a key part of any accessory design and of course we worked on (laughs) mantis's design around that too is 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 making it compatible with existing rail systems um what do you do for that what do you guys do for that do you have an attachment or Yes, we do. For so all of our, we have two kinds of adapters, but primarily what it does is actually mounts on the mag. It replaces the magazine floor plate with a new magazine floor plate that puts a Picatinny rail down there, and so you mount it basically on on the bottom of the grip. It functions the exact exact same way. But um, for the P three sixty five, there's another company that we partnered with called Recover Tactical. We resell their product that puts it. It's basically like a trigger guard. A proprietary rail mount that adds a Picatinny rail to the bottom of the P365. Uh, yeah. They have similar things for any other subcompact that doesn't have a rail. It basically adds an accessory rail there, and it it's in the same space, and the, the accessories mount just fine on the on the slot there. So I, it was it was purely a business decision. I've, I've talked to some guys at Sig, talked to some of the accessory companies that they partnered with early on that uh, you know like their their lasers and whatnot that they. We're, we're sold under their brand, but it's actually another company that's making them. Um, again, just so they can own more of the market. With more power to them. That's their yeah. that's their prerogative. I just feel like if you make your your platform more open, uh, people are going to help promote that platform more. Absolutely, yeah. I I'm glad you reviewed reviewed this because I'm a like I said I'm a big fan of it, and I but I'm always going back and forth on which model. So it's kind of kind of good to hear uh, your pros and your cons. So I appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show and and you know kind of taking us down the journey of how Mantis X started and a product that I really enjoy. Um, and, and thank you so much. You know, so um, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, uh, good time. Great time. Yeah, definitely. So to everyone listening, uh, we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to listen to our show. You can find links in the show notes to all of our social media. Um, Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, so we can keep the conversation going. And of course, don't forget to check out Mantis X. Uh, Great product. I will vouch for it. And uh, again, thank you very much, Austin. I appreciate you being on the show.